You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, we're going to start with some really sad news. Today, Mr. Bob Hoskins passed away. Really? 71 years old. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know? No. Um, I have fond memories of Bob Hoskins. Um, I, I, he retired from acting. A couple of years ago, because he was getting sick, and um, his last movie he was in was, oh, we watched it. No, remember? Yeah, uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. He True. was one of the. Yeah, that was the last one he did. Um, but I have fond memories of him. Mona Lisa, obviously, it's a classic. Um, Who framed Roger Rabbit? What an awesome movie! Um, he was a really good actor. Unleashed. Did, yeah, he did a lot of um, like gang- gangstery type British roles as well, which were pretty cool. Um, and you didn't know he died. Uh-uh. 71. Um, health complications, it said on the... So, something. He retired because he was sick. But, um, you know, we won't see him again. It's really awful. There seems to be a lot of actors. Nah, no more than normal people. No, it seems like more um, actors recently, of, of ones that you grew up watching, dying. But that's it's obvious. <clears throat> Not a lot. You, There's been uh, a few. A handful. But that's nothing compared to when that. the Oscars come on every year and it does the in yeah. memoriam. It seems more every year to me. Like there's more of them. Don't think there is. Let's count, but I don't think that's accurate. No. I think it's becoming more people you're familiar with. Yeah, for that, sure. Well, that was my point. Not, but there's not, not more people dying. It's just the same as everybody else. Famous people die, and we just hear about it. I mean, it's sad. Don't yeah. want them to be sick and die. But, but seventy-one, you know, pretty good, I guess. My mother's 72, so that sounds like... I mean, you're ah! an old person at 71, aren't you? So that's not the before the after the show discussion, because we were not discussing it. It was the before the after the show thinking on your part. And True. that is that. I was thinking of that. So, it is after the show. Uh, this is a podcast where we review movies. You'll either know that, because you've been here and listened to it before, or you won't know, and now you do. So, it is... And who are we? We are Ace Gully and Sid Dog. And how are we associated with one another? We're married to each other. Correct. So all the wives out there listening to this will identify with me on this. The before the after the discussion was actually me talking about my mother being in town to visit. I said we could mention that, and the husband said, but that's boring. (laughs) So let's just all have a very unified uh, men. Okay? That was quite boring. But, you know, continue. So it is not... Saturday, May the 3rd, but you will be listening to this after that day. It's actually midweek, uh, Wednesday, and um, we're recording this a little early because of said mother's visit. <laughs> so uh, this is after the show number 325. The movie we're looking at this week is Veronica Mars. It's a 2014 movie, so it is heart of the presses, this one. In fact, it's still in the theatres in our town. And uh, this is out on Blu-ray on the 6th of May, so it's not actually out yet. Uh, next week. So it's PG 13, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and we looked at the Blu ray. And Sid Talk, you want to give us the synopsis of um, Veronica Mars? But before that, I want to preface that with we have no connection to Veronica Mars whatsoever. We've never seen an episode of it. In fact, until a couple of weeks ago, I didn't even know what it was about. I thought it was something to do with space, Mars. Uh, oh, that's just not obvious. It at could all. have been though, couldn't it? Yeah. But yeah. I didn't know because I'd never even really. I knew that Kristen Bell was in it. That's all I knew. Didn't know anything about it. So this is a unique kind of review, I think, because I think a lot of reviews you read will be people who are familiar with it. We're not, so we watched it just as a standalone thing. And you give us a synopsis. Which I think is a good because when I say to you, don't compare this to that because you've seen that before, whatever it is. It muddies your mind and you can't break free from it. So if you had seen the whole TV series, that's all you'd be talking about. So I think it's good that we did not... I'm zero. Now we do, because we've seen it. But this, what we saw of the movie, partial of the story of her life is... She has gone away. This... Okay, hold on. What is she first? I'm going to say. <laughs> do you want to do it? Okay. 
She has moved away from the town where she used to live. She's gone to the big city and she wants, she's gone to law school. And one of the things is, but you were a private eye as a teenager? Hmm. You know, and then she explains, they kind of explain her whole past right in the front of the movie, like in about three minutes. She gets drawn back to her hometown in California because of a murder mystery having to do with some of her friends from the high school she went to. And, you know, you just get the vibe the entire time that this private eye thing is just pulling her back. You know what I mean? And that's kind of all it is about. It's, it's not deep. No. It's not like a thinking story. There's nothing like revolu- revelationary about it or anything. It's simply about basic, you know, murder mystery. It is an Angela Lansbury of the modern day. It's totally this movie. In fact, they even make a reference to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, watching this... Or Matlock. Yeah, Veronica Mars, the movie. Um, my opinion is, first off, I actually quite enjoyed it. Having no connection to it at all, I could feel there was lots of in-jokes and, yep. oh, you're supposed to swoon when that dude appears or, oh, you're supposed to ham it up because he's hilarious because you have so much past with these people. So I missed out on that stuff completely and I did feel a lot of that. In fact, you know that memorial of people? In yeah. The, they were people who died in the show. Yeah. And I was like, wow, they're probably really significant, but it's like a moment of nothing. If you and if you know. watch the show, all those memories will come flooding into yeah, your mind. Yeah, it'd be awesome it like fills that. in, yeah, yeah, fills in more in the movie. So all that stuff's completely lost. And, you know, even so far as the main characters are completely... Like I said, there's a moment in this movie. She has two love interests. It's like a, mm-hmm. you know, a typical kind of thing. And there's a moment in the movie where she's does something to one of the dudes where I was like, why would you be like that to this guy? He seems really all right. Like it, like, and I went back and had a look after we'd watched it. And obviously he does a lot of things in the show that are kind of despicable that you would never want to. Yeah, that shouldn't interest. What should it, but it shouldn't doesn't matter. No. So I felt a bit during that moment. I was like, wow, why? Why? Like, he, he was fine. Like, I really liked him. In fact, I like him better than this guy. So there was a bit of that for me, like a bit of lost moments. But it where... reminds you that this movie wasn't made for you. No, it... This it... is not a movie that's made for people who are separate from the sh- show. This is made for people who love Veronica Mars, which is different from, say, you're making the movie of the Hunger Games books. That has to be made for people who will never read the books and who don't give a shit about the books, who just want to watch a movie... Whereas this is something that is uh, is completely interwoven. You get it. I get. I get the whole point. They filled in everything adequately. It's not a complicated. No, thing or it's anything. not. It's not at all. However, it is frame by frame just there for people who love it, and I can totally understand that because well, when you watch X Files movies, you get more of it than a person who's never watched the X Files. Yeah, and what I find about movies that are made, a TV show ends. And then a movie comes along later. They just feel like a big school reunion. Even Doesn't if you're very often. Even if you're not involved in it. If they made a Friends movie, for instance. <laughs> now. God forbid. It would just feel like this big school reunion. Oh, here they all are. They're all back together. It's That's, that's all a, this was, really. That's what I'm saying. This movie feels exactly like that to me. If, even though I'm not familiar with them all, I feel... They the, even threw oh, a look, class reunion in there. There's a class reunion in there as a symbolic... Yep. Um... The, the actual plot, aside from the, oh, these are these awesome characters you remember and you're probably going to love them when they appear on the screen, aside from all that, the actual plot, it wasn't super interesting, to be honest to me. It was okay. It felt like a TV show. And that's the thing I want to say about this. We've been watching some awesome things recently, and it's like a trend in television, like Fargo, I'm going to make the... Fargo, the TV show, is when you watch Fargo, the TV show it feels like you're watching a movie. Like, it actually feels like a little movie every week. Veronica Mars' The Movie feels like you're watching a long version of the TV show. It's the opposite to me. Um, But they both work. So it's a weird... But that's because if you're making a movie for the TV fans, you want it to feel like the TV show. And if you're making a TV show because because the movie was so good then you want the TV show to reflect that. Not necessarily that you have to watch the Fargo movie, but 
if you have, it, it endears you it, a bit to, and the, to if the whole vibe. If you're in, like, Fargo, is, is, does, Fargo does a similar thing to Veronica Mars. If you're in the In Club, you've seen Fargo and Coen, Brother, Coen Brothers movies, there are little things in there where you'll go, oh, yeah, 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 you know? And this is the same thing. I could feel that the entire time. But even... then Dust Till Dawn goes from being a movie, which is 100% movie, to TV, and it feels like a TV show to me. It has definite television elements. Both, I mean, it's, I yeah, it's quality. It's luscious as a TV show, but it still feels that little bit of two dimensionalness, either from the look of it. But then Robert Rodriguez TV sh- movies often do have his that movies kind of, kind of like that. Yeah, movie. so you you know, it's a funny. Well, the, I think it's in, all merging. That's together. what I say. <laughs> we're in a weird like television movie, like new things like this movie we haven't mentioned yet was funded by the fans of the movie primarily. It was a Kickstarter project. They came along and said, we want to make a Veronica Mars movie. Oh, the fans said, why don't you make a Veronica Mars movie? We love it. The show was cancelled on the WB. And then... CW. CW. That's the Warner Brothers Network. Yeah, the Warner Brothers Network. Um... And then the fans kept saying, "We want a movie. We want a movie." So if it was can- why was it canceled? If it was so popular, it was. It was like it's. I've actually done a recommendation this week on my movies that is a, a show that was in exactly the same position, and it's Firefly, and they they cancelled Firefly because Fox kind of it has a massive fan base, but not enough for Fox to like they wanted more, so they they canned it in the middle of the show. And then eventually the fans kept saying, where's Firefly? We love Firefly. And Serenity got made, the movie. And it's exactly the same thing. This was the same thing. They they were... It wasn't exactly the same, but... Well, it's not the same subject matter, but it's the same It's the same. I mean, the fans situation. didn't make the money or anything for Serenity. Or Ser- what's it called? Serendipity? Yeah, Serenity? Serenity. But the, the fans didn't make the money for that. But what I mean is it's a movie being made... After, right. because the fans are crying out saying, why we need more. don't we get a conclusion to this? Or, you know, what happens to these people? Um, but what happened with Veronica Mars, I just read, was it was really popular. The first season, second season, third season, their ratings started to drop off a bit. And they just ended it. And it ended on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. apparently, which didn't seem to be resolved in this movie. I don't know, because we don't know what it was. Well, Maybe the cliffhanger was, was they went out on the boat. And that she was missing. Yeah. And that maybe. was it. Maybe, yeah. You don't know, because you didn't see it. No. That's what I assumed they meant, that when it ended on a cliffhanger and the fans wanted to know what happened, that the story we're trying to resolve is that. Right. That that was the very end. And then they, and obviously they, that's they lost planned that. to come back for another season, then they got cancelled, you never got to see it. Right. And this is, how many years later did we say? Nine. Like nine years later. So, obviously, she's not the teenage private eye anymore, she's a woman. Um... But as far as the movie goes, I thought it was good. It was a little... It was very much like just watching a TV show, I felt. It, it, I mean, higher production value, obviously. Uh, yeah. There was some... I don't know how... I've never seen the show. I don't know how high the production values were in the show. But, I mean, it it's not an action movie f- or anything like that. Uh, hmm. it, it's fairly... It's a talky movie. It's people talking. It's characters you know and love if you watch the show and... There's a bit of a mystery at hand. But yeah, you're, it plays out like a Murder, She Wrote episode, but mod, for the modern people. And I don't think, as a movie, it would win. Like, I don't want to go and watch Veronica Mars. I said to you before we started watching it, maybe I'll want to watch Veronica Mars when it's finished. It didn't win, make me into a Veronica Mars fan. I think because it wraps up everything you need to know about the whole show. To go back and watch it, you've already know how... It's just like you're doing a prequel then, isn't it? Like going through a prequel. Like when you watch the Star Wars prequels. Not really. Because you don't know the details, so it's nice to see everything when you go back and watch. Yeah, but this isn't deep, so there's nothing... No. It's all shallow. It's just... It's like a 90210 or any other... Or Friends, where you have lots of layers of things that happen in their life, but nothing's deep. There's nothing like... Well, it sounds like they dealt with alcoholism and drug abuse and, you know, they touch on it in this. But it's the same way as, as every young adult TV show. I think it was would have been, um, who do you think it was pointed to? This this character, young adults. Yeah, young adults. High yeah. school, college. People who like 90210, One Tree Hill, those kind of shows where it's, 
you get a connection to it. You feel like, oh, I can relate to this character. Yeah, and what I think is when you make a movie or a show or a character who's like a loner girl, which she apparently is, you know, in the movie, they she makes it clear yeah. she was the loner. She didn't feel fit. She doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks about her. She's very clear when she speaks to people. She's... And yet, as the fans hoard around, it becomes... That type of girl become like the fans when they talk about it. When she talks about, well, people come up to me and say, I was a loner in high school. All of a sudden, all those fans aren't loners anymore. They're all part of something. I always find that kind of weird. Hmm. I love the show because she's a loner. But now oh, I want to be I part belong. of Veronica Mars. Exactly. I want to well, be part of Exactly. Yeah. But that, I guess that's the thing about lo- maybe if people who were, they were a loner and they really were unhappy. They really wanted to belong to something, and this was the thing that they ended up belonging Funny to. Funny, isn't how a TV happen. show, or a movie, or a musical artist, or an artist, really, I don't know anyone who obsesses over art, but I'm sure there are people who do, how it, even though it has truly no, like, there's no substance to it, other than if there's a theme in this show or in an episode that, that touches you because it's about a, a dead parent or a alcoholism or about... Dealing or with just a period you really anything. relate to, or you well, know, like, Ma- like, like Mad Men, for instance. I, I really right, but it doesn't give you anything in your life. I'm talking about people who take that step from this isn't just a TV show you enjoy, but this means something to me. Don Draper doesn't mean anything to you. No, like you don't identify with him to the point of wanting to like, go there and follow John Hamm around. I'm talking about shows oh, yeah. and movies that, for some reason. They give people, it's almost like a church for some people, not, you know, not fully. I think it is, it's just that, they want to belong to something. And and they watch a person for three years, a character, who goes through whatever, you can kind of transplant yourself into that character a little bit, but then to make it this many years later, those same people want it so much, you know, like, you just, I don't have anything like that, I think that's my point. I don't think I have anything like that. I saw that thing. Are you a fan of anything like that? That way. Not fanatical, no, but I saw a thing on Netflix called Bronies, which is about people who are obsessed with My Little Pony, right? And there's, you know, grown men, grown women, kids, everything. But they have big conventions, uh, the Brony conventions, and there was footage of the conventions, and they were all just, you know, like the kind of people you see at Comic-Con, but their fascination is My Little Pony. And then you're like, that's a 50-year-old man who loves My Little Pony. Does he really love My Little Pony, or does he love the idea of belonging to the My Little Pony group? Exactly. And and that's what I think some of these things do. I think people, they talk to another My Little Pony fan, or Veronica Mars fan, and they, they feel a connection with them. And then, then they go watch the whole thing, and then they're and like, And then oh, they why? say, oh, there's this big thing where thousands of us... And they're like, wow, I really am not alone. I'm something, you know. So I feel like this had a lot of that. I mean, the fans, when I saw... Like jumping on a bandwagon. There are some hardcore I mean, people. Yeah, but I mean, there's something to enjoy, obviously. The, the, I enjoyed the 90 minutes that the, sh- the movie ran, not knowing anything. Because I felt the characters were interesting. Like, some of them weren't, but some of them actually were. I think, well, let's go on to the cast. Kristen Bell plays Veronica Mars. There's something about her that I like. I don't know if it's her attitude or... I don't see Kristen Bell. I see Veronica Mars. Like, I, I got that character immediately. And you're right. If you're not a fan of Veronica Mars, this movie in the first three minutes does this kind of, hey, television you recap. Know who it's a TV Mars recap. Is? It's yeah. exactly what you'd get from one season to another. Clips from the show. Yep. And uh, a voiceover. Yep. And that was all it needed. I was immediately into it. Which is funny because it sort of erases. Three years of a television It really does. Like, it's spoilers. If it had had been done in a little bit different way, it might have made you go, oh, well, I'd go back and watch that. It didn't show you fully, like, the vibe of the show. Yeah, it it just went, it just said, here's, like, three years. It's like when they do previously on Game of Thrones. When a new season starts and you go, wow, that was the whole three seasons in two minutes. Amazing. But... You've been watching Game of Thrones, and on the ne- on the new season, when they say previously in Game of Thrones, that little one minute recap, all of those episodes flood into yeah, your mind. Yeah. It fills, it, it makes works. it, it pumps up you your or, or your enjoyment. You go, wow, I forgot about that bit. Right, so you filled up a lot, and now everything is like, like your your excitement is like up, up, up about it. So I can imagine a hardcore fan watching those little clips float by and every episode just floods oh, into I imagine their mind. They, they freak pe- I imagine fans of this, when this was 
shown to them, they were absolutely freaking out. It'd be like me, like with a new X-Files movie. Soon as Mulder and Scully appear on the screen, it's like... Even that last X-Files movie that wasn't very good that we watched. <laughs> just the fact that Mulder and Scully were on the screen was enough for me. And I'm just because I'm a fan, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm watching Mulder and Scully again. That's enough for what me. What happened to David Duchovny? What's he doing? He does Californication still. He's like in the ninth season or eighth season of it. What's that on? Cinemax or something? Stars, Showtime? Stars, I believe. Really? Stars or Showtime. Might be Showtime. But yeah, he's still doing that. He's been doing that. For many years. And obviously Gillian Anderson's doing the fall in Britain. And they're married to each other now, aren't they? I don't even know about that. You said they were. No, they were dating. You said they were married. No, I did not say that. You did. I did not say that. Yep, you did. Long time ago. You said they were married. No, they were dating. But I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on with them now. But, um, so, yeah, Kristen Bell, there's something about her. I'd like to see her in some other things now. Like, and I'm not. Obviously, we saw her in Frozen. We did not. I mean, we heard her in Frozen. <laughs> we did not see her at all, except in the stupid extra. Yeah, dancing around in the extra. So that made me not like her. I was like, oh my god, this is so sarcastic It's and definitely snotty. something about her. I can't put a pinpoint on it, but I was watching her thinking, you know, if this... How about this thing that she did? Yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. I mean, she's funny. I, I thought she was funny. There were some jokes that I felt, yeah, I, that was for the fans. Yep, yep. You know, when they say something that you don't even... She said something at one point that I didn't even... To her friends when they appeared at the door. She said something. And I assume that was something that's been said in the show. And I was like, I bet that's funny if you know what that was. I bet that's like some... But there was a lot of those things. Um, but yeah, I really like her. Um, Jason Doring plays Logan Eccles. And Chris Howell plays Piz. They're the two love interests. Did you like those two guys? I'm pretty sure I've seen that Jason guy before. I mean, they're fine. I looked at everybody, and there was literally zero... um, I I looked them all up, and even the guy who I thought I knew, the black guy, he's in nothing that I knew. Yeah, there's only one black guy in the whole thing. Did you notice? That is true. (laughs) Which is really... What? Um, That's how those California high schools are. Just the one token black guy. As uh, portrayed on television. I mean, 90210, I don't even know. I don't even know. Friends, that's that's New York. But again, groups of white people on TV shows seems to be sort of a norm. The whitey show. Everyone's comfortable. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But yeah, these two um, love interests. I do feel, if you're not a fan, it did feel a bit weird to me. How one... How... I don't want to spoil it, but there was a moment in this movie where I was like, why? Like, Oh, I wasn't. I understood 100%. Yeah, it wasn't enough for me. There wasn't enough backstory yeah, to nice the guy. you're a nice guy. You don't understand why women like the non-nice guys sometimes. Um, so then Percy Daggs plays Wallace. He, w- he was... I liked him a lot, actually. Um, Tina Majorino plays Cindy McKenzie. She's from Napoleon Dynamite. She was one of the main characters in the show. Um, was that after Napoleon Dynamite? Or it was before? after. After. Right. When was Napoleon Dynamite? It, it just got its Blu-ray 10-year release. or so 10-year anniversary. No, 15-year anniversary. No. Yeah, I think it was 2000. Maybe 14-year no. anniversary. No. <laughs> it was 2000. So, oh, my um, God. Are you serious? 14 years just disappeared from my life. Well, Napoleon Dynamite didn't come out yesterday. Wow. So, um, yeah, she's she's actually pretty good. I liked her in Napoleon Dynamite, and I haven't seen her anywhere since that. <laughs> so it was pretty cool to see her again. And uh, I'd put down Jerry O'Connell plays Sheriff, the Sheriff. You know, he plays it in a goofy kind of fashion, doesn't he? I like him. Yeah. 2004 um, was Napoleon Dynamite, the movie. Right, so it's the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. I knew there was an anniversary Blu-ray. Um there was also some cameo scenes. Dex, who's um, actually Kristen Bell's husband, appeared in there literally for a few seconds. I thought that was kind of funny. Literally only appeared. He did not speak. No, he... Well, he did say something and did something with his tongue. I want you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, James Franco. The ma- dream- I thought that was really cool that Franco was in there. I thought that was actually quite funny, too, because he's just making fun of himself. Yeah. Uh, and the other guy, the Mac guy, he was in there, too. Justin Mac. Long. Who's that? The one who sold Macs on TV. He was in the commercials for the Mac. 
And he was also in Die Hard 4 with uh, Kevin Smith. I don't remember. And Bruce Willis. The Mac guy. He used to stand <laughs> Oh, up. I'm a Mac. I, no, I remember him from... I'm a PC. Um, I remember him from uh, the new Volkswagen mo- t- uh, movie. Herbie. He was that. He was in that yeah, too. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I remember him as the Mac. Hi, I'm a Mac. I'm that's a PC. That's true. Okay. And that was a huge it's downhill from there. advertising campaign. <laughs> yeah, and he's in here and he li- how many lines does he get? No. Three. Um, so this is directed by Rob Thomas. And Rob Thomas hasn't directed movies, just Veronica Mars, the TV show. You don't mean the musician Rob Thomas? No, the director. And he, de- he created and directed Veronica Mars. Well, didn't direct all the episodes because that's not how TV shows go. But uh, I think he did a good job here. It's functional. Yeah, it like looks like a TV show. I mean, it, it, to me, if this was, if I was a Veronica Mars fan, and this just came on TV as here's this week's special extended ninety minute episode, that's what. Well, it you would don't be. know because you don't know what the original show looks like. So I you feel don't it know. looks like this. Yeah, but you don't know. So no, I don't. You can't say. Well, I do from the clips at the beginning. Yeah, we didn't really see clips though, did we? They were all foggy. They were and moving and stuff. Green and yeah. I think that he could have gone overboard with the fast cutting and stuff and tried to slick it up, you know, like a CSI or something like that, but he, he didn't. didn't. No, no, not at all. It was all. just ordinary kind There's of TV show. There's a lot of, of just two shots of people talking and the camera's still, and I think if it had got all, like, style over substance, that would have made it obnoxious, but it was none of that. Yeah, he didn't spin around anybody or anything like no, that. No, no, no spinning. No. But the budget... But I didn't have room for that spinny thing on the floor. No. That so, little um, train track that they put their little rig on. So like I say, this movie well, is actually still theatrically playing, and it's only been out a few weeks. So the Blu-rays obviously kind of rushed to market for the reason that the Kickstarter people were promised a copy. So Also, if you're a Veronica Mars fan, and you've been sitting and watching it on television all these years, and people that are new to it, well, this is a perfect opportunity for you go out and see it in the theater, go buy the DVD, go home, watch all three seasons, and then watch this. Yeah, true. So you've just got it all. It's like one big package. So there are some um, special features on here. And what I want to say about this movie, and I did feel it all the way through it, um, there's a lot of love put into it. You yeah, could yeah. tell. The, Definitely. The people who are involved love that thing. And getting back to do it again so long later it was just like amazing to them like I don't feel like people were doing it for a job you can feel a lot of the TV acting and I'm not I'm not being a snob here I'm saying there's a certain kind of TV acting that happens not all not all but she even mentioned in the extras that filming TV shows like super fast like you have to just you know you're on schedule like so I feel like you get some bad habits yeah and some very wooden not wooden like bad but this is functional. We have one take to get this done, and I'm just going to say what I got to say. And the characters aren't like caricatures of anybody; they're very tame. We don't get the biker guy being like biker guy. No. We don't get the nerdy girl being like nerdy girl. She's just—it's almost like they're just themselves with a hint of their old characters. Whereas Veronica Mars seems like a fully fledged—you know—that so, must have been her whole attitude. But you get a little bit of that kind of acting. So the special features here, there's an hour documentary which we watched in its entirety and it's called um, By the Fans, The Making of Veronica Mars Movie. And it plots from the day that Rob Thomas put this up on Kickstarter right through to the... Last film. Last When they showed shot. it to an audience, I guess. Yep. And um, it's really... I thought it was really good. I was like, I'm enjoying this as much as I did the movie because it's just an interesting story. It's the first big movie that got funded this way. Is it big though? That's the question. Well, it's a it's a, a Warner Brothers studio movie. It's not an independent movie. It's a Warner Brothers refer to it as a boutique movie, which I'm not 100 percent sure what that means. Yeah, I don't either. Sounds like a porno. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is our special boutique. I think it movie. means like I think it's their new term for something that's funded this way. Or yeah, but why do they need someone else to fund it? They have billions of dollars. Well, I did it's read that, that they got 5.7 million from the. From the backers, which is you and me. Not you and me, specifically, but <laughs> no. the public. And then Warner Brothers spent $7 million of their own money on promotion and, you know, making the prints to send out to the cinemas and that kind of thing. So, so there's a bit more to promote it than to make. And that's true in any movie. Like, even, in even, like, huge movies like Avatar, 
They spend a fortune promoting them. They can't spend more than three hundred million. Maybe, <laughs> that's probably a bad, a yeah. bad example. But like a fifty million movie, they they will spend fifty million promoting it around the world, like posters, putting it on the sides of buses, all the stuff that you don't even think about sometimes. But when a movie is being promoted heavily, it is everywhere. It it's like on a t- scam, though. Yeah, it's on TV, it's on the side of buildings, it's on like billboards as you're driving to work. It's just like everywhere. So it, that's not cheap to do that. Mm. So imagine how much money that takes up. It must go quickly when you need to saturate the world with mm. Veronica Mars, for instance. Um, so this making of documentary I thought was really good because it included these fans. A lot. It went to Comic-Con and showed you them at Comic-Con signing things and stuff. And If you notice, though, it focused on the most attractive fans. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. It was a little bit of... But there again, annoying. there was that guy in the car park who nearly got run over. He wasn't like... Yeah, but it was like half a second. The other girls got like 15 minutes. I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. It was very obvious. Um, and the way that they acted around the more attractive fans was way different than the way they acted around the, what I would consider, just normal people. But I did think it was a really good documentary because when I was watching the movie... And I knew about this Kickstarter thing. I, I was thinking, I hope the extras have at least something on this Kickstarter thing. Like a two-minute, at least a five-minute thing where they talk about it. It was all about and it. And then they did a whole hour of it, which was, like, awesome. Do so you the, think that the Kickstarter thing is, like, a hook? It's like, hey, yeah, we'll do this Kickstarter thing because that's going to make us lots more money because we're going to seem like we really care. I think it was just an idea. That I know, but the studio doesn't do anything for an idea. They do it for money. Well, it was this Rob's guy's idea. Um... How I just read it was, he went to Warner Brothers and said, can we make the Veronica Mars movie? And they said, no, we're not funding it, it's not popular enough. So he he shopped it around, he shopped it around. And he couldn't say to them, I just need five million dollars. That's what he was saying to them. Well, he said he wanted two. I needed two, like, but they weren't giving him anything. They were basically saying, we don't want more Veronica Mars, we don't think anybody wants more. So his idea was, let's see if they do want more and let's fund it that way. So, I don't think this was a publicity stunt or anything. I think it was he wanted to make more of it. But I think in the future, if other people start doing it, it could end sure. up as a business tool. Like, yep. mm, like we'll fund the movie anyway, but why don't we do that Kickstarter? Because it just gives us a bunch more money. It's going to give us some buzz. Now, we publicity. have participated in Kickstarter things in reference to movie. Because yeah. we have a local theater that is like a small indie theater. And they were needing to buy digital projectors because... Because digi- the digital, digital change was starting to happen right. and they were out of date. And so we uh, chipped in, but not like $10,000. I think <laughs> I gave them 20 I did 20 Yeah, but I mean, that, we you did You didn't it. do 20 because you didn't get the gift pack. I think you did 10, 10 and I did maybe. 20 But we did it and we, I didn't get anything, actually. I just no. wanted to help them. Um, <laughs> because I was going to get two tickets. I do still have them. I don't know if they expire, but... but uh, yeah, now they've got a digital projector, or two digital projectors. And we have a ten- one in our own town now. We need to go there sometime. Well, they have, like, a thing. Well, the same. I think their the screen's about the size of ours, to be honest, but they have cool chairs, and it's really old. It's remodeled, all old-fashioned-y, and they have chandeliers hanging in there, and they will show indie movies, and, like, I think foreign movies will be one of their things. Veronica Mars is actually on at Ragtag. At Ragtag, right. That was what that place we funded, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I keep, They show on Twitter, and they said Veronica Mars is still playing, so I was like, oh, it's on there. Right. Um, so, this does have that documentary, which takes up the most of it, but then there's a bunch of other stuff. There's, like, gag reel, you know, your general stuff. If you're a fan, yep. you're going to really enjoy it, because all the little bits and pieces are the people you know talking to the camera, goofy, acting goofy. Isn't that funny, though? When you watch a TV show, you think you know the people. Yeah. But you don't. No. You just, like, love the characters. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's, it's actually a surprise to me, because I didn't expect to like this. I was... My whole thing was, like, because we're not... Don't know anything about it, it won't work. It'll just play dead to us. Like, it'll feel, like, empty. But there's enough in those characters to to actually be interesting. In all of them. I do feel like it... But there again, I do feel like it feels like school reunion for the cast. There is that feeling all the time. But there was enough... I mean, it's not groundbreaking, the story or anything. It's just a... It's a continuation of their story. Yeah, but it's you know? but it's like a mystery of the week kind of story. And the theme throughout, though, is that... Was it called? Neptune something? City? Mm-hmm. That their town is... The police are corrupt and it's like a, a social... 
there's like a real social hierarchy, like there's really wealthy and really poor and that the, the law enforcement is very slanted toward the rich. Now that is a bigger theme for someone to tackle. And I'm sure that was, must have been show, part of the show. Have, yeah. And if he, he said he wants to make more movies. So I guess when the dad confronts those cops on the street at the beginning, yep. um, there's some, yep, yep. the cops are being kind of bossy with some kind of bossy. With oh my some, God. You are some, so, you look rosy glasses. They're being call, dickheads. Why'd you got taggers? There was uh, taggers they were. So like, you know, graffiti on walls and then one of them gets tasered. But I mean, there was a, yeah, I feel like that was a thing in the show. Like, more of an, you know, kids being persecuted by the cops. I don't mean... I don't think just kids. I think everything. They're, everything. I they... mean, I mean, cops over overreacting to some things because this kid didn't deserve that. I mean... Overreacting and their interest was to protect the rich people stuff. Right. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I expected not to like it much. And when the credits started rolling, I was like, that was actually quite good. Not that I would go back and watch Veronica Mars show. It didn't do that for me. But... It was fun for a couple of hours. And um, that was with no, no no prior knowledge of anything. It works. So. Works for us. Yeah. I don't know that everyone would dig it, but. I mean, I didn't. I I took it for what it was. I'm like, yeah, these are pre-established people. We don't know who they are. But they did a good job of making you know who everybody was. Even without. Because, I mean, fans, they just know everything, right? Yep. But, but it I, was clear to me the biker guy was in trouble, the nerdy girls, the nerdy girl. Yeah, all I had to do was tell me that, and then show me that she's sitting there with a bunch of computers and she knows all the right buzzwords yeah. for networking and Wi-Fi and hacking what, and everything. What was the joke on the having the big flashcard? That that must have been something from the show. Maybe maybe the biggest I have no idea. maybe the biggest flashcard in the show was like way smaller than that because it was way back in time, right? Don't know because I shoot raw. They say that takes up the. I mean, it was it was. Or maybe it was the opposite. Who That's knows? what I mean. They probably had a really small flashcard in the show. Maybe it was a joke. People like always said, like, how, how could she fit all those pictures on that tiny little flashcard? I because, I mean, we're talking 10 years ago, right? So, like, flashcards were not 256 gigabytes. It was a thumb drive that she had. It was a thumb drive. It was, like, that big. Right, but she secured it for a camera. For pictures, yeah. Yeah. But still, there was a joke there that I missed, but I was I was just in awe of like, oh, it's like a tech joke that they're doing. Did you notice that everybody had a Samsung computer as well? No. Everybody had the same laptop. It was actually the identical model laptop. Even the guy in the back of the van, that weird guy in the back. Yeah, they just passed around the laptop because they had a little yeah, budget. Yeah, I think they did, and it was just that laptop all the time. In fact, maybe it was the director's laptop. Just handed over and said, here, we're going to do this. Well, obviously thing. Samsung were involved because she actually mentioned it by name too. Uh, she said um, uh, they were given Galaxy tabs when they uh, yeah. went to the MTV Music Awards, which is a Samsung tablet. There was Samsung technology. There was also, uh, just to finish on this, there was a lot of real world stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Like Perez Hilton's site was on there for the gossipy thing. TMZ. TMZ were there. Entertainment Weekly were there uh, on the newsstand. Um, Facebook. YouTube. It, mm-hmm. I liked how everything was real. It was not fake. FM radio. A can of Pepsi. Real things. Yeah. <laughs> I liked how all the technology was real, though. It felt real to me. Like It felt like, oh, yeah, we're using tablets. And she said, you know, how do you like your small they tablet? They did incorporate technology, I think, very well. It yeah. can feel Nothing forced, felt. But it felt all used properly. And- Maybe aside from the, oh, these these tablets are monitoring you all the time. No, she explained it. She did explain it, but the explanation was... If it's possible. Otherwise, they wouldn't put it in there because he wants you to go and check it out. True. So, in conclusion, I quite enjoyed it. If you're a fan, you've probably already bought it. You've probably already backed this movie and you've got your copy. If you're a fan of Veronica Mars, you might not be listening to this. No. But if you're not (laughs) a fan and you think, oh, Veronica Mars, know nothing about that, I'm not going to watch that. If you like a nice, um, what do you call it, crime... Mm. crime solving kind of thing then it's but it might drive some people crazy that they don't know they don't feel satisfied with what they're right. getting you know from the people so you never know so thanks to Warner Brothers uh, yeah quite a good movie um, so next week's movie is also from Warner Brothers and it's the Academy Award winning Her uh, by Spike Jones. I'm looking forward to that one that'll be next week uh, you can enter a contest at aschoolie.com. We've got a couple going at the moment. So movie recommendations this week. I am going with uh, TV shows that have had movies made of them. And my first one is The X-Files, which is my favorite TV show. 
And it had two movies. It spawned two movies. One, during the actual show's run, they had a Fight the Future, which was, I think it's an amazing movie. I, I, I love it. I think it, it furthers the story of the TV show, which was really cool. Cause I don't, I don't ever seen that done before. It fits in, in the TV show. And when you come back to watching the new season, the, the things that took place in the movie actually count. Did they? Is, I thought they just brushed them out of the carpet. No, they did not brush them. It's, it's actual canon. It actually fits properly. So you put it in the season. Because I remember it being like, oh, that just never happened then. No, it did not. It all happened. So yeah, but it was like it was exposed to the whole world or whatever, and no. then, or to her, and then it was like, we can't really talk about it. No, it was explained in the movie, but it fit. And I don't think I've ever seen that done before. And what was really cool about it, and why I think it works as a movie, is because it, because it was a movie and a big budget kind of movie at that because the X-Files was so big at the time it could do the special effects and stuff that the TV show couldn't do so it made the conspiracy way bigger because they showed you a big thing so I really liked it for that and then a couple of years ago they came back and did that other X-Files movie which is essentially just an episode of not the big story but just an episode it felt like this an X-File it felt like this Veronica Mars movie it was like Here's an X-File. It's not related to the main mythos of the show, but Mulder and Scully will be back and they will solve the case. Uh, so I loved it for that. And I feel like it feels just like an episode, though. It didn't feel special or anything. It just felt like, oh, they've come back to do another episode. So I prefer that first movie. But still, they, I recommend both X-Files movies. And I think they both work if you're not a fan, if you've not watched the show. Even the first one. Even though it's got a lot of ties to the show, they do a good job of explaining it. But see, the thing is, you say that because you've seen all the shows, but you don't know from a person's perspective no. who doesn't know, because you're filling in all the gaps with your I'd brain. have to sit somebody down and say, not seen the X-Files, watch this movie, and what do you think? Who's and never seen the X-Files? That's the problem. Somebody's probably listening going, who's never seen Veronica Mars? And my second uh, recommendation is Serenity, because... Now, it's weird for Serenity, because... I watched Serenity, and also you did. It was actually the first movie I bought on HD DVD, which I've still got it, uh, but it's a defunct format now, so I've got this. I've actually got the Blu-ray as well. Late, I got the Blu-ray later, but we watched the movie Serenity, not never seen the movie Firefly, so it was similar to Veronica Mars, and Serenity was really good. Mm-hmm. I love sci-fi stuff, and that was a really good sci-fi movie. It was, but it also had a bit of TV-ish. It had a bit of, like... Because I've watched a lot of Star Trek, and it had a bit it of that It had some vibe. really good special effects, though. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the the ships flying and everything, they did this, like, technique where they zoom the camera in and out, which I usually don't like, but it made it look like a documentary being filmed from outside the ships. Wow, you remember stuff that this does not Yeah, register when they're all fighting at the end. Uh, there's a big battle at the end, like a huge battle. It's like something, like, bigger than any TV show could do. So I really loved it. And then when Netflix got Firefly on, I watched Firefly is really short. You can watch it in like a, few, a week. It's like that's why I don't want to watch it. It's too eight short. episodes, and it ends, and it's then the movie short. concludes it. So, you know, I'd not seen the show, so the movie didn't mean anything to me in the side of the show. But then when I watched the show, I was like, oh yeah, that's what all that stuff in the movie was. I didn't really understand it, but so they're my favorite TV shows made into movies. And your recommendations are mine is are. Mash, the the movie, and Mash. Did the movie come before show. the show or mm-hmm. the show before the movie? Before the show. The, sh- the movie's... And it's one that's completely different. There is mm-hmm. no... I mean, there's some similar character, the same characters, obviously, but it's like... It's a very 70s movie. It's very... Of its time, it's very... It's awesome. I like the movie. But it's very, you know, kind of dark and with, with, the, with the humor on top, like the... I don't know what kind of humor that is. We are laughing our way through horrific things. That's the kind of humor it is. That then carries on into the show, where the show is... And it's so different that it's not like this movie and its TV show. It's not like the X-Files and its and its movie. It's not like Dust Till Dawn and its movie. None of those compare to MASH, because MASH was literally just a movie contained in itself. And then when you watch the show, it's it's like they don't even know they're in the same universe, even though there's similarities. You no, don't the movie's need, really grim and dark. Yeah, you don't I, need I've one without the other. No. You don't. You wouldn't go. Oh, I've watched all of Mash. I'm gonna go watch the movie so I get more of Hawkeye and BJ and all that. There's none of that. 
No, the um, movie reminds me of it's it's like Apocalypse Now. Or Maybe Deer not, Hunter. It's not as dark as Apocalypse Now, no. but but Deer Hunter. It's got that vibe that. to it. That yeah. really like it's because it was intense. the era of making Vietnam movies. But this was let's go to Korea because it also just happened. Um, you know, twenty years before. Let's let's explore the the trauma of the soldiers and all that. And so, the TV shows, obviously, even though the TV show does deal with like hard hitting stuff. Later it's a in the lot show, lighter than in the that, beginning, than it's lighter. Yeah, but you haven't seen it all, probably. But I have. But all through the eleven years, it starts to become more and more Social an advocate commentary. for, you know, obviously peace and you know the horrors of war and politics. What and does Mash stand for? Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. <laughs> I know right. this. All right. So, uh, and what does bug out mean? <laughs> what bug out? We're bugging out. We're bugging out. Like jumping out of a plane or something? That means you got to pack up the whole shebang, the marble, the mobile army surgical oh, hospital. Oh, to get out because you're going to get invaded. And move further away the, from the front. Conflict. Or closer to the front. Whatever the guy in charge says, yeah. All right, so games and A-Scully stuff this week. I have been playing one game called Child of Light. You, did you see the screenshots mm-hmm. I posted? Um, it's a PS4 game. It's a downloadable title. And it is, it's by Ubisoft, and it uses the engine that Rayman, you've seen Rayman, Mm -hmm. the platformer, it uses their engine, so it's called UbiArt. So what it is like is people paint pictures, and that's kind of what the art is. So it looks like you're playing in in a painting. And this Child of Light is a RPG, you're this girl, and at the beginning she's like a princess in a castle, and she's with her family. It's, I think it's in Norway, and she goes to sleep one night and dies, and a family. <laughs> this sounds amazingly depressing. It's really good. So a family, <laughs> um, and the whole the whole game is told in rhyme, so it's like a big long nursery rhyme. So it's everybody speaks. It's so called. it's sad, but it's not sad. Well, she dies, and her father and mother come, and she's the princess, and they're the king and queen, and she, they come, and she's. It's, I think a, a line is to all intents is, to all intents and purposes dead, but she oh, fell asleep but. and ended up in this parallel universe to hers. Um, Are you spoiling anything for people? No, because this happens in the first thirty seconds. She's in the parallel universe, and that's this. Then it's this RPG, and it's a side-scrolling RPG with like Final Fantasy-based kind of battles, but um, you're. You've got to on you go to the first person and they kind of like we could get you back into your world and then you're going through all these quests to try and get back because you she's sad that she's away from her mother and father and she doesn't know that they know she's that they think she was dead but she wants to be with them because she loves her parents so the whole quest is to get back to your parents now I'm not finished with it by hardly but um. It's beautiful looking. Like any screenshot you can take, and you can take a screenshot on the PS4 whenever you want. Just take a picture. It just makes an awesome desktop wallpaper. She's got like flowing red hair. And the hair kind of defies gravity, like it kind of floats upwards. But it looks like a painting, you know, like when somebody paints hair moving. Mm-hmm. So, so it kind of looks like she's underwater, but she's not. Um, it's really fun. It, it looks amazing. I think the PS4, well, it's actually on other platforms, but... It's in 1080p. It just looks really pristine and clean, and it's all animated, and it has layers. Even though it's like a 2D game, it looks like Mario or Donkey Kong. You just run inside to side. There's no depth. Well, there is depth because they layer the picture, so there's like foliage at the front and mountains at the back. And the, I don't know how they do that. Make it appear perspective. Because mm-hmm. it is flat, but it doesn't look flat. It looks... Because they move the... I've noticed when you walk in, they move the foreground, which is in front of the character, really near to the camera. They move that at a slower rate than they move the back bit. So it seems like you're playing in a diorama or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it feels right. like. Right, yeah, yeah. So um, that's Child of Light. It's out on everything, so you can play that. Um, and I've also been playing a little bit, tiny little bit, of Batman Arkham Origins. Which is... Batman. No, it's not Batman Arkham Origins. It's Batman Arkham Oranges Blackgate. Oranges. Oranges. <laughs> Blackgate. And what this is, and this is weird too, is you've seen all the Batman games and they were really popular over the years, these new Batman games, all in 3D. This is 
that those games, but in 2D, like I just said, like like Child of Light is, it's 2D, but it's 2.5D, they call it. So you scroll along, you walk along, you solve puzzles as Batman, but occasionally you go into the background, like you shoot your batarang and shoot into the background, then you're on another 2D plane. So it's 2.5D. So you're still in 2D. You're in 2D because you're always from the side. You just but, move back another way. But layer. the combat and everything is exactly like it is in the 3D game. So it's like a... It was, it was actually for the Vita originally, and now they've put it on the PC. So it's like a mobile version of the real Batman, but it's like a little side quest that's related to the main story of the Batman games, and you're going after um, Catwoman. So it's actually a pretty cool... She, she You're going after her at the beginning, and then she helps you with this big riddle that's inside this prison. So that's uh, Batman Arkham Origins. It's by it's another game by. I got it on UPlay. It it's a weird one because it was twenty dollars to buy this game when it came out, and then UPlay had a sale last week where it was one dollar and seventy five cents. That's why I picked it up because I like Batman games, and that's really cheap for a game, and it's really fun. Um, and if you buy it on UPlay, you can re- redeem your key on Steam, and I never even knew you could do that. I thought you had to use UPlay. But if you buy a Uplay key and you put it in Steam, you can have the game in Steam. I didn't know that until this week, and I tried it because I was like, I don't really want this game in Uplay. I use Steam all the time. I put the key in Steam and it unlocked it. So, and it's also in Uplay. So you put it in Steam. It. So, if you ever thought I'm not buying stuff from Uplay because it sucks because I don't want to use Uplay, um, the keys actually work in Steam. Who did? Who'd have thought? They don't tell you that. The people who designed it. Yeah, but they don't tell you. There's no... But they do. So if you see stuff on sale on Uplay and you think, I'm never going to buy it off there because I hate that service, just buy it off there, use the key in Steam, Bob's your uncle. So that's the stuff I've been playing this week. I also put down Bob Hoskins died at age 71, but we already covered that. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Tonight, it was like spur of the moment. I was walking down the aisle and I saw Hy-Vee, which is our store, brand korma sauce which is my favorite in um curry creamy korum uh whatever whatever's in it oh in those yellow packets no this is in a jar and so i got the almond rice the rice the almond pilaf rice and some of that i forget the name of it beyond meat chicken strips oh those are good so i'm gonna fry them up in the skillet it's not chicken obviously it's beyond chicken it's beyond chicken it's beyond chicken <laughs> or before chicken i don't know it's beyond meat it says um, we've had them and they're very good. Chop them up, put them in the thing, put in the skillet, put in the sauce, cook some rice with the almonds. Da da da. Bob's your uncle. I don't actually have an uncle Bob. I don't think. Well, you know, I do. Do you know what the full expression is? The British expression. Yeah. It's Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, and Dick's your best friend. <laughs> and what does this mean? It just means you just put it on the end of something like, like I'm done with that, <laughs> like blah 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 blah. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, Dick's your best friend. My father. It, it must mean something. It must come from somewhere because that doesn't make any sense. Happy Mondays had a song called Bob's your uncle. <laughs> you think they'll know what it means? Yeah, you want to ask Sean? I should. Hey, Sean. <laughs> I have a question, and my advice is okay because I've had to experience this myself this week. Um. Okay, I'll say my advice first. Smile and be as gracious as you can or as humble as you can if and you I'll get to the point in a minute where you might be a person like me and it's hard when someone gives you a compliment or tells you something good about yourself or something you did well not only not not for the people who are out there going oh I feel like I'm not good enough and when somebody tells me I'm doing something good I I just I just don't feel like I deserve it no 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 I'm the opposite of that this week I got my Presented with my Employee of the Month um, award. I don't think it's an award. Just a sort of state of being that you have. Gift certificate. You got a gift certificate. And, you know, the, you know, I don't know what to call it. Some people call it an honor, I guess. There's hundreds and hundreds of people in our division department. And they pick one month and, you know, 12 a year. So it's a good thing. 
I understand this. It's awesome. And loads of people that I've worked with are around for 15 years were telling me nice things about myself. My mother was there to chat with them and tell them horrible things about me <laughs> and feel super proud because they were all telling nice things about me and saying nice things to me. And I have a hard time being humble, not because I think I'm not worth it. You understand. Because I already know all the good stuff. I have no doubt about my abilities. I have no doubt about if I do my job well, which I do, not perfect, because I, I don't believe in perfection. I don't even try to do each individual task 100% or anything. I look at it as a whole. I pick and choose the tasks and the procedures and the parts of my job that I'm A, already naturally good at, that are enjoyable, that are interesting, educational, a little bit challenging, whatever. Those are the ones I focus on. I do really well at those things. And then I like to do other things outside of my little job description. Those are the things that get the attention of the people like the director and the CIO. You know, those are the people that go, why do you have a person who's over in this group who's defined with these this job description doing all these other things that seem outside of that? You know, that gets people's attention. Well, I already know I'm doing those things well, or I wouldn't be doing them. And I don't mean that to be egotistical. I'm saying I will not, I don't, I can't draw attention to myself for something I'm doing crappy, right? I wouldn't do that because I just don't, I don't get it. And I already know that when I do something, like if I'm, I'm making a banner now, I make other people banners, I draw pictures, I do whatever. I mean, I'm not great at gardening and fuck knows I can't lose weight very well. So I'm not good at that. I can't, can't stop eating carbohydrates very well. If someone could, you know, inject me with that skill. That'd be great. But the things I do well, I already know. And that's not that I don't know if that's ego or if it's like I'm full of myself, but if I'm doing something, I learn it. I learn it. I learn it really well. I practice and practice and practice a lot. I do it well. I'm conf I have no doubt in my ability. Even if I make a mistake, I'm like, all right, made a mistake. Let's move on. I just do. And I either learn from that mistake or I'm just like, holy shit, that was like so stupid. It was a stupid mistake and I'm not going to do it again, obviously. I'm aware of that thing that I missed up. So when people are saying to you, to your face, people who have way higher positions than you that I've dealt with all these years, who are saying like, we, you know, Cindy's this and she's always this and she's always does this well and we really like dealing with her, you know, and I'm, my mind is thinking like, <laughs> It's like a confession. But my in my mind, I'm like, of course, of course you like working with me. Because when you deal with me, I do things well. Like, of course you have good interactions with me. Not everybody likes me. Don't get me wrong. I have people who don't like my style, who do not like my sort of bossy, hey, this is a problem. Let's get it fixed. And then five minutes later, I'm like, are we fixing this? Uh, did you take my recommendation for how we can fix this? Uh, did you get my email about how we can fix this? You know, I can be persistent because every goal I have is always to make my group's job better. That's always my top goal. And I'm good at that. And I know that. So when you're getting compliments or an award or somebody's giving you acknowledgement for doing a good job or someone higher up, you know, it's part of the culture of where you work or anything in your family, in your friends group or something, anything you do that people say nice things to you. If you're like me, and there's got to be more people like me out there who already have confidence in their ability. And when someone says something nice to you, you're kind of past it. You're almost like, um, you don't want to say to their face, oh, yeah, I know, I'm wonderful. Like you just, it sounds, sounds obnoxious. Um, so just smile and know that they're just catching up to what you already know, that you did a great job. Well said. I was going to say, when you just said that you are always like on the goal, on the goal, mm -hmm. but you're not actually like that at home. No. Because I'll say... And you, yeah, and you, 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 what do you mean? You oh, you're talking about writing the review every week. Not just that. Different things. Like, like, like can you just fix my Tron poster downstairs? Let me see. These are all things that have to do with you. <laughs> Write my review. Fix my poster. Get my milk. Get my butter. Get my bread. <laughs> no, I'm saying that you, you're totally different. Not really. I said, I made it very clear. I pick and choose the about things ago, that I so want to pursue. Can you fix my Tron poster? <laughs> And every time I walk past it, I go... But you weren't listening. I do things really well that I'm really interested in. 
And it's hard for me sometimes to motivate to do a thing that I don't know. I know I can fix it and I can fix it well, but it's just doing. <laughs> and don't get me, like I said, at work, I have things that I don't do well. I do not keep up with my time. I'm the supervisor and doing the timesheets every week is like a kick in my head. I hate it. I fucking hate it. It's so annoying that we work on salary. I have a salary. I don't work by the hour. It doesn't matter if I'm there for a hundred hours or three hours a week. I get the same amount of money. I should not have to turn in a timesheet every week. It is ridiculous. So when I'm responsible for everyone's timesheets and I don't get it done, then I get an email, then I get another email. Oh, everyone gets paid. That's my point. Uh, It doesn't even matter if you don't do the timesheets. They just need the paperwork. Yeah, exactly. So I don't do that well. And that's one of the things that my manager will mention to me every year at my evaluation. You know, if you could, there are a few items here that we need to keep on. There's a particular command that I have to give every hour on the mainframe to check for problems. Well, I can tell you this. I'm already good enough at monitoring the mainframe to know when there's a problem. I don't need to do that command. We've had this discussion. He'll say, yes, but I need you to do it. I can see that you're not doing it because there's a log. And I'm like, okay, fine. And I don't do it because I don't think it's necessary. (laughs) So, I, you know, you're not alone. I have other things that I'm not great at. All right, so let's wrap this sucker up and send her to bed. <laughs> it's, um, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitto.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store. I'm still happy with my chair with the arms taken off. The RSS feed. Um, just go to sayschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there. Or stitcher.com, we're actually on there too. You can email feedback to me, sayschoolie.com. Don't email Talk. And stay classy, Mr. Veronica Mars. <laughs> you can email me if you, want to tell you, me how, if you can tell me how great I am. You can email me anytime. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourselves. Because I'm telling you right now, that was one of my, some of my best features. I think for myself, so no one will do it for me. 